Hi guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing and today we are talking about Dawn Madison from The Minimal Mom and uh, why cluttering, decluttering, why decluttering feels hard. Um, so the first thing she talks about is um, she says, we love living this way now, but it wasn't easy during the process. And I think sometimes when we get to the other side, we can kind of gloss over how hard it actually was day in and day out, holding up items saying, should I keep this? Should I not? I paid money for it. And why should I do what should I do with this? She's a minimalist. Um, I'm not necessarily a minimalist. As you can see, I love lots of decor. Um, it would be easier if I were a minimalist, but um, not everyone is. There has to be balance in your, in your life. So do what you like. Like uh, Marie Kondo says, do what makes gives you joy and uh, take out what does not give you joy. And there, and even the minimal mom will say there's different levels of minimalism. I do tend to take some of her, a lot of her advice, and a lot of her advice works well for me. But as you can see, um, I'm not necessarily a minimalist. So we're just going to talk about some of the things that she says. And uh, right now the subject is, why is it hard? Um, so she says, you can donate this. And I was like, okay. Oh, this is talking about a, 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 her daughter had some items. Um she says, so I'm going to show you an item that I came up with recently. This is a little wooden art box. My 10-year-old daughter got it for her birthday. And it held art supplies. But she took the art supplies out and handed her mom the box and said, you can donate this. Well, the first thing that went through Dawn's mind is, how can I use this box? It sure is cute. And on and on and on, as we all do, we always try to think of how we can reuse an item. Um, so when her daughter said, you can donate this, she said, I was like, okay, but what did my mind start doing? I started thinking, well, this is a perfectly good box. What are all the different ways I could use it? She says, I have two options right now. I could donate this and it would be over. The story would be over. She kind of relates this to an adventure storybook that her kids uh, used to read where, read where you can change your story. As you were reading it, you could choose different ways to read it and change the story. So this is how she's relating it to this item. I have two options right now. I could donate this and that is where the story ends. That's literally the end of this item being in my house. So that's an option one. Or I could choose to keep it. And if I keep this, then I need to find a place to store it. 
if I think I could use it for something, then I should find something to actually use it for. And this item actually becomes part of my mental load. So she says how to handle the, the item, having to handle this item again. So this is an item in my house now that I have to care for, I have to manage, I have to keep inventory of, and so now as we get a little further down the path, it is guaranteed that when I go to clean this item or dust this item or or I run across it again, that means now I've had to handle it twice. Okay, so she's guaranteed that I'm going to have to handle this item again. So it might be six months, it might be a year, it might be three years when I get to the storage space or whatever, wherever it is that I stick it, but I'm going to have to handle this again and that at that point, I'm going to have another fork in the road, two decisions again, two options. Uh, at uh, Storage space, handle this again, and at that point, I'm going to have another fork in the road, uh, this choose your own adventure, where at that time, I'll decide if I'm going to keep it again. She's, it's just something that, is going to keep going. Maybe I'll have to throw it away because maybe in storage it got wet or it got ruined. Uh, maybe termites ate it. Maybe something heavy got set on it and it was ruined. And then I feel guilty because somebody else could have been using it the whole time and that was just, and I was just storing it and it was just rotting away in my storage room. So there's some thoughts that she has worked through to help us find why we, how much effort do we want to put into storing an item that we haven't used yet? Why would we want to keep handling and storing things that we're not actually using? But unfortunately, I think for most of it, it's not always that cut and dried. So the first we kind of start talking about is I could use that, right? I could find, I don't know what right now, but I would hate to get rid of it because I could use it. Maybe it, it's useful. But what I thought about when I when then was... Wait a minute, my 10 year old literally just handed it to me and said, you can donate it. It was not a hard decision for her at all. There is no heartbreak involved. So I've really had to challenge myself when my mind is constantly going to all the different ways that I could use something or want to keep it in case, is that actually, that's just not the world that we live in anymore. If I need some kind of storage container for something, it would be very easy for me to come by it and to find something else that would, that could I could use for it. Or worst case, if I had to purchase it, I could find something very inexpensive. Dollar Tree, you know. Uh, now, how to put it to use right away. And so, what we can 
can be helpful now is to think, so what's a new rule that I could put around this item? So if I'm tempted to keep things for just in case or for some day or because it could be used for something else, then let's just put a new rule or a new mindset around it, a new rule on or a new guideline around it. And if it passes that test, then I can keep it. And if not, then I'm going to decide to part ways with it. This is her process. You know, everyone has their own process and we've been going through lots of different people's processes for decluttering things. So, um, let's see. So, new guideline, okay. So, in this instance, the new rule or guideline or mindset we could put around it is that if I'm going to keep something, then I have to put it in use right away. Um, let's say you have this box and immediately you think of a problem that it already will solve. Let's say you have some loose pens in your drawer that you've been wanting a uh, box for already. You already were thinking, hmm, it would be nice to have a way to keep these organized and you have not purchased anything yet and this box just happens to work perfectly. Then, if that comes to mind immediately and you can use it immediately, she says, then keep it and use it. Put it to use right away. But if you have to keep it in case you find a reason to use it later, she says then you may, you know, have to force yourself to just get rid of it. So in this instance, the new rule could be put, I'm going to keep something, then I have to put it in use right away. So I have to know right away today that this is what I'm going to use it for. So do you want to spend time trying to think of ways to use it or do you have a spot that you already came to mind that you can use it right away? If it didn't just pop into your head right away, then get rid of it, let it go. So, does it create more work to keep it? Yeah, if I have a birthday tomorrow or today and had a gift and I knew it would fit in that box, it could pass the test. But it's interesting because when we start to think about it that way, like, no, if I literally had to go and use it for that purpose today, I have to get up from where it is, I'm working on decluttering or whatever, and I have to go use it right now. You have to stop what you're doing, get up, go use it right now. That's actually creating more work for yourself and for a lot of us. That's enough of a hurdle to make us say, you know what, I'll probably just donate it and let somebody else use it, right? So it's just a little bit of a twist on what we're doing. And it's not saying I'm bad for being creative or wanting to think of other ways to use it. It's just saying, okay, but I'm actually going to use it. And if I am, I have to literally get up right now 
and go do that. All right, and then she says, create, be creative with what you have. She says, so it's awesome. It's just putting another twist on it. And what else I've realized is because I do have this brain and I think a lot of us have this where it's like, I could use it for that or I could do this with it is that I also realize now that I could flip that. I could use that same skill to be creative in my simplified home. So like I've talked about it before, my whisk broke and only had one whisk and it broke. So I never actually got around to replacing it, but I just used a fork instead. So that's what she means by, you know, if you're gonna live a simplified life, do you really need that whisk? Sure, you kept it, you used it, but then when it broke, what did you do? You just used a fork instead, and that could be your permanent option. So, um, so even though we've gotten rid of 80%, this is um, the minimum mom, they got rid of 80% of the stuff in their home. I never find myself saying, oh, but I wish I still had that, or, oh, I am going to, what am I going to do now that I don't have that? I just find something else to use or to make work. And so I'm trying to tell myself that it's not a bad thing that I'm always trying to be creative in these ways to keep stuff. I just use it in a different way now. But I paid money for it. So the next reason a lot of us hang, into, hang on to stuff is because we paid money for it, right? And so I read this, read this the other day. It said that when we look at our purchases outside of the essentials like groceries and gas and that we regret 50 to 70%, we regret the purchases, 50 to 75% of the purchases we make, those are the regrets that we have most of. So a good portion of the time, we actually regret these purchases. All right, don't feel guilty. And so how I find, I kind of want to flip this one on ourselves is that when we continue to keep these items in our house, we're actually punishing ourselves, right? We look at it and we are feeling guilty all of the time because we purchased something and we paid good money for it and a lot of us don't have tons of extra money to be throwing around at stuff, right? So we feel this guilt every time that we look at that item. So we need to start being a little nicer to ourselves and passing these items on that we aren't using anymore. She says, does this sound for familiar to any of us? How many times have we bought something thinking it was going to solve some kind of problem in our life and it didn't actually once we got into it? And I just heard um, Peter Walsh say that we keep buying things because we think it's going to solve a problem and in our um, sometimes in our emotions is also we think it's going to make us happy. It's going to make us a better person. It's going to do this and it's going to do that. And it doesn't actually do those things. So 
that's also why she says, then it just makes us feel bad about ourselves. Well, maybe I'll put this in the cart, but I won't check out now. And this I do a lot. I will think I need something. I really need something and I really want something and I will put it in my cart. And I'm talking about online shopping, but I've done it at the stores too. put it in my cart at the stores and decided I didn't need it and I've put it back. But most of the, the time, if I put something in my cart, um, I will purchase it, but not online. Online, I'll usually put something in my online cart for Amazon or whatever, and it'll be like a wish list so I won't forget. But then when I go back, I may find that I don't really need this item or I no longer want it. It was like an impulse. But let me read what she says. Well, maybe I'll put this in the cart, but I don't won't check out now. Maybe I'll put it on a wait list. Maybe I'll decide to come back to it in another couple of days. So that helps us with not continuing to bring more stuff into our house. Would I buy this item again? She says, but there's, let's circle back to the stuff that's already in our homes. And so the question I like to ask is the new rule to put in place around this if we're hanging on to something just because we spent money for it is would i buy this item again so if it's in front of me at the store or on instagram or wherever i am at would i purchase it again and if the answer is no then it's time to pass it on and let somebody else make use of it or at least not be reminded of this mistake purchase that we made every time we look at it. These are all super good points. Would I buy this today? Sometimes I would. There's things that I use this all the time. I love this. Um, you know, it could be um, I have these favorite, most comfortable shoes and definitely if they broke, I would definitely buy them again. Maybe I would change the color from black to white, but I, I have some comfortable shoes that I have literally bought through. Every time they broke, I bought another one. So that that is the question that she's asking. Is it so useful to you that you would buy it again and still use it? Uh, mine Another example was back in the George Foreman days. I used that George Foreman grill every single day, practically every single day. I used it just like I used my air fryer now. I replaced the um, Foreman grill with my air fryer because it can do more things. And guess what? I use my air fryer every single day, but I use it on air fry <laughs> every single day. Even if it doesn't have a, a, even if the item's not fried, I cook it on air fry because it cooks my food faster. So if my air fryer were to break, even as expensive as it is, I would purchase it again. And so those are questions she says to ask, and she is just so creative when she comes up 
with the, the, these ways of decluttering. Then the next question would be, because now she's talking about mental loads. Then the next question would be like, okay, well, going back to our choose your own adventure, do I want to keep this in my household inventory? Do I want to have to handle this item again, dust it, clean it, etc.? Or do I want it to be a part, do I want it, sorry, do I want to keep this in my household inventory? Do I want to have to handle this item again? And do I want it to be part of my mental load? Um, it's something I have to care for. I heat and cool it just because it's in their home. It's heated and cooled. Um, it, I store it. I try and attempt to organize it. And so do I want to continue to have the responsibility of caring for this item or should I really just pass it on and just keep the things that I enjoy having, I enjoy wearing, and I enjoy cleaning, dusting, vacuuming on a regular basis. So it's it's really a, a little twist on Marie Kondo's way of do uh, does it spark joy? But in this respect, she's saying, does it spark joy enough that I clean it, dust it, vacuum it, etc.? And she says, it's not always easy. So that helps it to get easier, but in the beginning, it really isn't always easy. So I want to keep validating that because I know that causes people to get stuck or to just kind of feel defeated, thinking that they're, they're the problem, you know. I'm the on, only one that can't declutter my house. You're definitely not alone in this. There are a lot of people that struggle in this area. So now she's talking about it it can get easier. She says, anyways, we have it. We love it. So it was like, well, obviously, I just going to donate the old um, butter dish. Okay, she was talking about a butter dish. She bought a regular butter dish that, you know, all of us have had in the past. You just put the lid on it. Well, the kids were always putting it on and it was always getting butter, goopy butter all over and she really didn't like that. So then she found one that was more made to go like up and then you put a flat lid on it instead of you put the, you know, the regular butter dish. I don't know how to explain it, but she found one was more like a um, container that you put food in and put in the refrigerator, but it was pretty and it had a wooden lid and she liked that a lot better because it, it stayed a lot cleaner. And so she says, now she had the old butter dish that she paid money for and she has the new butter dish that has a wooden lid on it. And so this is what she's talking about. I'm just going to donate the old butter dish, right? And I couldn't believe that this actually hung me up a little bit because again, my mind was thinking, well, but what if the kids break the new one? Maybe I should just hang on to the old one just in case. What if it's 
I don't know. Thanksgiving, and we want to put two sticks of butter out. I don't know. I've never actually had that occasion. So she says, I mean, if the kids, she decided that if the kids destroy this butter dish, I can spend $6 to replace it again because I do love it better. So she might as well get rid of the old one because if something happens to the new one, she'll just replace it because again, that question is, would you buy it again? And she liked it enough that she would buy it again. So again, it's not always easy, but I do think this idea of how much stuff do we actually want to manage and care for, dust, clean, vacuum, uh, when we start to look at it that way, then it helps to make the decision a little bit easier. And I never thought of any of this this way. So this is a whole new concept of way of thinking in for me. Uh, how little stuff we actually use. I think it's like 20%. The average American uses 20% of the stuff in their house. And I think we actually thought about it and it's like, yeah, that's probably a, about right if you really think about it. Now let's go to the sentimental items. Now the sentimental items may be a little harder, but she has some ideas and some mindsets that help, can help in this area as well. So let's talk about the third reason. Again, these are just kind of the big reasons that there's lots of reasons decluttering can be hard, but the third reason I think that hangs a lot of us up is the sentimental items. So it might have been passed down from a loved one. It might be an heirloom given to us, a gift from someone special in our life. So this can get really tricky because sometimes it feels like we can't apply the same rules, right? These things are irreplaceable. Sometimes that or they just rise to a higher level of meaning in our lives. So here's her uh, thoughts on that. Display or use the sentimental items. So this kind of goes back to the first question where we said the new rule then we're going to put in place is that we have to use it or with the sentimental items, let's find a way to display it. And so that's kind of the new rule now that I encourage people to put around, around sentimental items is how can I use it or how can I display it? Because back in the day, Peter Walsh and now Marie Kondo, um, and, and this concept that she's talking about right here is, if we have all these sentimental items packed up in a box, it's not really respecting our loved ones by having them packed up in a box somewhere where they can either get wet if it floods uh, or squished or broken, um, you know, just stored away somewhere. She says, these items need to be used or displayed to show respect to the person that you're trying to honor by keeping those sentimental items. There's no sense in keeping them if it's not honoring that person. So that is where I come back. 
where I had my grandma's antique table and I no way in any form or fashion really wanted to get rid of it. But the actual wood was starting to fall apart. It wasn't the joints where I could screw it back together or glue it back together. It was the actual wood that was falling apart. So the person that actually took my grandma's antique table did woodworking. And I have no idea what they were gonna do with the table, but he was probably going to attach new wood to some of the parts that were still in working condition. And then it was no longer gonna be my grandma's table anyway, and I couldn't do that. And I couldn't pay to have someone do it. And it didn't fit in my home. I had to keep it in storage. So in this case, I kept the best chair that was still working and I use it as an end table because it's also, if you sat in it, it's gonna fall apart. It's no longer capable of sitting on. And one of the other chairs, I took off the fabric that was on the cushion to remind me of my grandma because she had used that fabric to recover her chair and I loved it and it actually matches the colors in my home anyway. And I would want to put that in a frame and keep that. So this is what this is saying. It says, we go there so quickly, but I can't display 50 newborn outfits. She's now talking about if you're a mom and you wanna keep all the baby clothes, it's just not practical to keep them all pick the most favorite or the most lovely and put it in a frame and display it. And I, that's what I have I have done to my uh, a few. Now I do have a little onesie that um, one of the coaches from the Longhorns, uh, Texas Longhorns signed. And so we have that one and we have another pretty white outfit that had some lace on it. It was a newborn outfit and I have that one in a frame. So um, she says to display them. It says maintaining memories of your loved ones. But then as soon as I just picked out my favorite pieces and put it on my open shelves. Um, so first she was talking about baby clothes, you know, just keeping your, your favorites um, and now she's talking about she had her grandma's china and maybe milk glass. And then her mom wanted to give her another set of her grandma's china. And she had never even seen that set. So she had no emotional connection to that set and her grandma. And because her grandma never used it, it was all hidden away and it was never used. And that's another thing, you know, there are dishes that people bought because they loved them, but then they were too scared to use them because they didn't want them to get broken or ruined or anything like that. Or they used them for fancy dinners and then never had any fancy dinner, any fancy dinners that were fancy enough. So, uh, you know, a lot of our grandparents had things that never, were used because again, we only use 20% of what is in our homes. So um, 
she says, uh, maintain memories of your loved ones. But then as soon as I just picked out my favorite pieces and put it on an open shelf. So she picked out the favorite pieces and that's, and she donated or sold or let another family member have the rest. Now she didn't say all of that. I added in that because I can't, I can't, I couldn't have donated it. I would have had to have given it my grandma's stuff to another family member. And so even though it's a smaller portion that I've keeping and displaying is so much more meaningful and it feels like I'm actually honoring her instead of trying to protect it and archive it and keep it tucked away in the basement where no one can see it or use it. Uh, and so it can feel hard to just pick out our absolute favorite pieces and to find a way to display those and then to let the rest go. But I think there's so much freedom that's found in it where it feels like we're going we're both honoring our loved one, but also getting rid of so much of the guilt we didn't even realize we were ha uh, having just storing it away in a box and not using it. Uh, now, she's talking about decluttering when she says five minutes counts. Well, I need this big uninterrupted chunk of time to declutter my home. She says um, five minutes a day five minutes a day of decluttering will still give you results. You don't always have to have huge chunks of times to make your home better. She said decision fatigue is real. So think one of the biggest shifts that I have had to make is that five minutes can make a difference. I mean, decision fatigue is real because what decluttering is, is decision after decision after decision after decision. It's exhausting. And so to have this idea like I'm going to go spend a whole afternoon in the basement, that's actually a ton of emotional energy that we have to put out and it's very, very tiring. And so instead, if we can look at it like, okay, I only have five minutes or I only, or I, okay, I only have five minutes or I only have five minutes of energy to dictate to this, to dedicate, sorry, to this right now. But it does make a difference and I can get through a couple of items. And then later today, maybe I'll do another five minutes or tomorrow I'll do another five minutes. They all add up. All right, now, just a little bit. Um, you can find um, Dawn Madison, The Minimal Mom, on YouTube. So if you want to find out more about her, um, go to YouTube. Um, she says, we hang out the most on YouTube, so The Minimal Mom. But now she also has a paid membership uh, YouTube uh, it's not very much. I think it's like two or three dollars a month. I have not subscribed to that because I'm subscribed to so many organizers and I've seen so many of Dawn Madison's videos. But um, if you have never heard of Dawn Madison and you want to start following her, 
you can do that on YouTube and on her um, her membership YouTube and I'm not sure how that that part works but I'm sure it's on her YouTube channel somewhere all right so now let's do a little recap of what we've learned from her she says learn why decluttering feels hard and then practical steps you can take to overcome those feelings and make real lasting progress when it comes to decluttering quick tip your bible study time doesn't have to look perfect it can be whatever you need it to be and whenever you need it to be you just need to be willing to show up and maybe accept that it doesn't look like something you'd post on Instagram. Now, what Dawn has to say is, it was a year of hard work, but now that we're on the other side, I will definitely tell you that it is one of the most worthwhile things that I have ever done myself and for our family and for our household. All right, I'm not sure what the above part about the Bible study had to do. It was still good information, but I'm not sure what that had to do with decluttering. But the same goes for decluttering. It doesn't have to look perfect. Um, now, takeaways. You get to choose your own adventure when it comes to decluttering. You have two options. Either donate the item or keep it. Oftentimes, we're afraid to declutter because we think we might need it some time. You will discover that you end up being more creative with the items you keep and rarely miss the items that you threw away or donated. Um, the most people over half, for most people, over half of the things they buy, they would choose to take back and get their money back if they could. Don't feel like you need to punish yourself or feel guilty for the money you spent on it. Start being a little nicer to yourself and pass the things you aren't really using on to someone else. Is it actually honoring the person that gave you an item? This is going back to the sentimental items. If it is up in the attic or stuck in a box, Keep just a few sentimental items out on display to remind you of your loved ones. Action steps. When decluttering, if you are tempted to keep something for just in case or for some day, make it a rule that you have to put it to use right away in order to be able to keep it. Another question to ask yourself when decluttering is, would I buy this again? And if the answer is no, then it's time to pass it on and let someone else make use of it or at least not be reminded of this mistake purchase that you've made. Consider the mental load associated with every item in your house. Everything in your house is really inventory that you have to manage. It's something you have to care for, heat, cool, store, temp to organize, clean, dust, vacuum, Taking the mental load into consideration, ask yourself if it is worth keeping the item. And five minutes counts when it comes to decluttering. You can get a lot done in just five minutes. So just do it. Just start somewhere. Just get it done. 
All right, guys, thank you for listening today to um, what I had to talk to you about. Dawn Madison from the Minimal Mom YouTube and why decluttering feels hard. And this is her philosophy and it really is good. It works. All right, guys. I will see you on the next podcast. Give me thumbs up. Give me a review and come back for the next next one. I will see you on the next one.